For too many years, families of children with devastating illnesses have felt helpless as they watched their child suffer. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands and finally finding relief treating their child with cannabis. This is One Family's Story. Welcome to another episode of Love and Cannabis. I am Nina Simmons. And I am Osiris Steffen. And we are the proud parents of Aiden Steffen. Hello out there. Hello, hello. hello. Yes, uh, another episode, another one. I hope you guys have been having a great week. And oh my God, summer's over. It's just over. Once school starts, it's over. It is a wrap. It's it's just, ah, I don't believe this happened. I mean, it's been a whirlwind since (laughs) school started. It's been so much going on. Uh, Yeah. The back to school life. Yeah, right? (laughs) So for those who do not have kids do not really know what this is like so this is basically 10 months of torture i can't say torture there's a whole lot of running around to do routine uh, all the routine uh, i mean routine's not bad but at the same time it's just like wow it's a lot <laughs> it's like there's no break in between doing that and going to work yeah it's it's intense and i'm definitely feeling it yeah, well, hold on. But how bad is it if the kids are gone for sixty-eight <laughs> hours in a day? What do we do with that time? I mean, I'm working. But yeah, I know. But so, for the most part, but you think about it, it's summer. So is it really that bad when you go back to school? It's usually a happier time, but there's a lot of work. Because I, I mean, for us, because yeah, of our I think situation. For us, I mean, I don't want to just say special, special needs child, but I think for for us, for me in particular, like I take school. For, Aiden being in school very seriously. Yeah, I do too. So I put a lot of pressure on myself for him to get, you know, the material. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of it's probably me who's putting the pressure. Like, I will, I start this mode on my own curriculum that I developed for him to help him. With the, with the school curriculum. Then I start making flashcards. Then I'm looking up stuff online. Then I'm talking to other teachers. So it's like now that I'm, I'm I go back, I go back to work myself, and then he goes back to school, and then it starts the homework. Well, then, you, I mean, you're just, I mean, you going back to work is you going to school. Yeah. Because you work in a school. Yeah. So, so you had, so basically, you both had the summer off. Yeah, we both, Aiden and I were together for the whole summer. So you know now both of us are back to school, and it's pretty exhausting because like you know in the summertime you may slack on some things like you may sleep in a little later. A uh, little. Yeah, or go back or go, and that, you don't have to be such a strict schedule, especially for bedtime routine. Yeah, but I mean for excuse me, it's just a thought that we were also going through challenges. Him having multiple seizures, like his summer was really kind of it was somewhat. Rough, but we had some good times. But he did have like a tail end when he was starting. It started yes. like right before school started. The seizures started picking up, up a, a little bit. bit, yeah. And I think I could we contribute that because we actually ended up changing oils towards the end of the summer, yeah. We so did. we could just talk about that. So Aiden's been on for the summer two or three I, in total. He, he's been on like five different oils since we he was diagnosed, yeah. At we least did, we did mention that. Um, uh, no. Yes, actually more than five. Yeah, so with CBD, um, 
you know, you have to keep no trying. No two are the same. Yeah, and the yeah. thing is, no two oils are the same. So, yeah, you got to keep trying. And especially with kids, sometimes they, they'll have a growth spur and their brains are still developing. So maybe one oil worked, say, when they were four. And then that oil may not work when they're six. So yeah. we had to change a different oil. And then we had to also look at what was in the oil. Yeah, I think it had to do with us also monitoring everything about him and noticing, hey, there's a hiccup here. Hey, I don't like the way this looks. His seizures are starting to pick up. Yeah. Or he's starting to do different types of seizures or he's staring more often. So it's like acknowledging those things and recognizing it early enough to say, okay, what was different? And yeah. we were logging it, so we, yeah. so we could narrow it down. So, yeah, you have to say, what was different that, you know, um, is triggering more seizures? And also, like, sleep is a big thing. Yeah, sleep. That's why you have a lot logging. of sleep. Because, oh, yeah. like, when you came with epilepsy, if you're sleep de- deprived, no matter what, it tr- it's a trigger. Yeah, but uh, the amount of hours he needed was about, I think for his age, it was like 12 hours. Yeah, so some, there's, a, there's a range and he needs like the uh, upper limit of that range. He really needs like eleven to twelve hours a night. Yeah, and that's kind of challenging too. Yeah. Get home from work, got to get mm-hmm. dinner ready, all the cleaning up. Oh, that's why it's good to get him involved with that process. Uh, you know, with just the fact that trying to get our schedules together, trying to get a routine, who's doing what, and then us participating in the PTA. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is totally different than last year and what oh, we were doing. Oh, yes. I mean, last year we were just basically going to meetings here and there, listening what's going on, communicating with the school, and then to have the meeting about him being re- repeating the grade kindergarten, which was like, ah. Uh, yeah, so... That was a tough decision to make in that. Yeah, so we... Decided, of course, with this teacher recommendation, as a, we came as a team, we came to decide that Ana was going to repeat kindergarten. Okay. How how did for you? How did you feel about that? I didn't at first. I didn't really agree with it, but just spending some time with him and just seeing his limitations and. Uh, how far he has to go? I had to. I had to give in to the idea. You know, it's not the same as we once were. Where oh, they'll they'll catch up. They'll catch up. You could say they'll catch up, but now it's just like we got to meet them where they are. And he wasn't where he needed to be because I mean there were still the behavioral issues that were coming up. Because if he does have a breakthrough seizure, it would just totally disrupt him for that moment. Um, but it would carry over to as well sometimes. So that was a challenge. But knowing this and realizing in the back of my mind, this may be something that's going to have to happen. But then to actually witness it and saying, yeah, it has to happen because there's been very little, you know, progress. Um, <clears throat> in certain areas, I mean, mm. thinking about when you matching the age and the development. Yeah. And then you forget, oh, yeah, seizures. Just yeah, like, okay, so exactly. now. But then how do you match? Then how do you uh, determine if that child is successful or not or is succeeding in comparison to whom? Because if people are not recording that, you know, this child has this particular ailment, how does he fare against other children who are the same age, who are at the same development? You know, how are you going to compare that and say, okay, he's been successful? So we had to create our own barometer saying, if he achieves these certain things, yes. You know, if he learns another 25 to 30 sight words, mm-hmm. if he's able to 
count chips or numbers mm. read his colors i mean that it's surprising at the, the point that you have to think about like these are the things that he needs to know but other kids who are younger than he is would know some of these things already mm-hmm. but that's again it's from the seizures it was take it was taking so much from him it was robbing his development yeah i think what it was um the way I I looked, I was from the beginning, even before Aiden started kindergarten, I knew that this year starting kindergarten would be hard, like the first time around. Yeah. I knew he wasn't kindergarten ready. And um, I just knew, I knew that this, this year would be a challenge. Did you think that or did you have something else in mind when he was going into the kindergarten the first time? I was, I, I could tell about some of that we... Should have did a bit more, especially on my part, but it was the work schedule and challenges, so that made it difficult to, like, implement the things I really wanted him to do. And then you were home with him most of the time, so it was like, okay, I can't have her implement the ideas that I have because there's certain techniques and I got to spend time doing with you, but we get home, we get exhausted. But to answer your question, I thought about a lot of things that we could have done or should have done even on my part, and seeing the things in his state of development, which wasn't that great, I thought, like, this is going to be really hard. It was going to be really, really hard. It's it's like he would have to want to do it. We couldn't force him. We couldn't, you know, there's only so much we could do. It's like he, he had to have the desire to do it. And uh, I thought, yeah, this is... Uh, it had it was just a decision that had to be made. I, I mean, again, like I said, I wasn't really happy, but I knew it was something I was needed. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, <clears throat> I was upset too. Upset. I was like, oh man, what what could I have done more? Yeah. Um, it hurt me, and even the first week of school, and it's like, oh yeah, he's doing kindergarten again. It's like, e, um, you know, what did what went wrong? And then you know what? Nothing went wrong. Everything went right. <clears throat> he was he is about two years, year and a half behind. So yeah. it makes sense yeah. for him to do kindergarten again. Yeah, it's true. So he'll grow into that. And, and develop. Right. Exactly. So so just to give you an update, so he's really kindergarten ready now. Yeah. He's picking it up. He's picking things up. He's doing what he needs to do. Yeah. That's crazy. He, it's like we're about to say, well, he's following, uh, following directions. He's able to go to the bathroom without getting into any trouble or anything like yeah. that. Yeah. But it's, I think he just does certain things because he doesn't know how not to control himself. You know, not to control, be able to control himself. I'm sorry. To be able to control himself and not do certain things. Mm. It's not necessary for you to walk by the table across the room to pick up something off the table. <laughs> you sit in your seat. <laughs> you know, everybody else is sitting down. You know, it's just little things uh, that, you know, you pick up and you hear about in the classroom. Like, okay, we got to work on those skill sets. Yeah, so it's a lot. Um, What's going on now is that um, a lot of kids are repeating kindergarten, even with kids who don't have seizures. Yeah. It just is very hard. Like, if you ever do homework with a kindergartner doing the the Common Core, it's like, what in the world? Well, the interesting thing about that is not as many as you think it is. Because a lot of schools are, you know, they go by the no child left behind, so they're pushing forward. It would have to be somewhat severe for them to retain kids. And I've seen where there's like 
six kids are selected to be retained, but they pick like the least the least um, ones that they felt didn't have to be repeating, so they'll move them forward and take the ones like, yes, these guys have developmental, they have social, they have emotional issues, they cannot go to the next level where there's so much independence. That That's true. That makes a lot of sense. But a lot of parents, so there's a th- new thing called red shirting. So red shirting is... Really? They took a term from football, from yeah. college football. Okay, so it's that's very funny. popular in like... Please explain the, the red shirting. upper middle class Please area explain. now. Um, I was on this thing called Long Island Moms. So, um, yeah, so red shirting is basically purposely holding your kid from kindergarten. So you make them do pre-K twice. So it's pre-K, not kindergarten. Yeah, you redshirt the kid in pre-K. Mm-hmm. So I have a mom who I work with now. She was like, oh, no. I said, oh, he's not going to kindergarten. She goes, oh, no, he's not ready. Mm-hmm. I- I'm redshirting him. Wow. <laughs> and it's me. become very, very popular. But you have to have money to redshirt your kid. Ah, even, okay, that explains a lot. Because okay. that, the city is not going to pay for your kid to do pre-K twice. So what they'll do, they may go to the, they'll, what they do is go to the public school mm. for like what they call for pre-K and then do this, their red shirt year in a private school, Catholic school. Or, this is only happening in New York. No. Oh, really? It's happening everywhere? It's a thing. It's a thing. Wow. That's so, an interesting thing. So parents thing. who think their kids are not ready for kindergarten yeah. will re- red shirt and pay I guess twice or again for pre-K. Just a lot. Wow, that's that's interesting. Cuz one of the teachers she told me she goes, "I don't want to put my son through that. That common core and that stress." Wow. So it's talking about investing into your child's education early. Yeah. So that's oh, a, and, so there, I can see that. So you're sit, you're doing it early enough, as opposed to waiting later in the exactly, years. Exactly. Okay. So they can feel confident, and that's what I do see is probably that with Aiden that he's getting more confident. That is that's that's stressful. That is really it's stressful, very stressful all to be a, a parent these days. Yeah, it is. I think it is better to do it that early. Yeah, it is. It doesn't affect them socially and emotionally as if they were like, like in third or fourth grade. I think more so like it does happen around fifth and sixth grade. They do too. that in fifth and sixth grade? Wow. Well, every time, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember one school worked out, we retained about seven and eight kids. It was crazy. I mean, out of a classroom of 25. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, all right, that's not going to work. And you know, there is a shame, like, when you your kid is, re, you know, repeating a grade. You feel, yeah, the stigma. You feel I, like a stigma, too. Or you feel like people are looking at you like, oh. Your child got Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, my daughter or my son's going to this grade. Yeah, going to class. and then so, you feel like, oh, they're in, you know, the other kids are reading. What level, what grade level is he I on? Mean, but, he's on level Z. <laughs> oh my God. But the thing is, you think about it this way. We are breaking so many stigmas, going into the stigmas themselves of having a child that's with a disability. Um, you know, being two parents married. So there's that stigma there of, you know, there's never a father in the household. And now we're changing. So dealing with these things, 
It shouldn't be a problem for us. It, yeah, yeah. Because right. we're doing so many things that it goes against the norm. We're facing so many things that, you know, you look at as that's either a stereotype or a stigma or just something, whether it's positive or negative, but that we are doing, we're experiencing because we're taking so many chances. So many chances. And I just want to say, oh, I just want to say uh, to those parents who are out there fighting about just really protecting your rights, your First Amendment, and protecting your child. You know who you are. We're supporting <laughs> you guys. Because now it's like your First Amendment is going out the window. But that's another story in itself. So It's always a fight, you know. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You're fighting for everything. You're fighting for everything every day. Yeah, it's a it's this is crazy struggle. I think I was talking to someone else today, and they said, "You notice time has flown by, mm-hmm. and it's been like the past three years, just been like." And I'm like, "Oh my God, we are about to go into the holidays!" Like, yeah, everything goes by really Halloween, fast. Thanksgiving, and then Christmas, and then the New Year. Yeah, so everything goes by fast, and the school year goes by pretty fast too. Yeah, it does. So like, since Aiden is doing kindergarten again, I I'm on like <laughs> you're on twelve. Yeah, on I'm 10. like no, dude, we're not messing around. Like you're getting this. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Got a second time, like you got stop Richard the game. Get, get like, I'm like, all right, Saturday Academy. You know, Saturday reading my own Saturday reading program, like. Yeah, we're totally involved. I yeah, mean, I mean, we did the T-ball throughout you know, for the springtime. Now we're PTA members in the school, so we're involved parents. Really, really involved. We just, Nina, just bought the teachers a Keurig coffee machine. <laughs> we went to BJ's, got them bottles of water so that they can have. And Gotta keep your teachers happy. Yeah, you do. <laughs> happy teacher, happy kids. Kids yeah. that learn. Yeah, and uh, we have a lot of great teachers. We have some really special teachers that are working with our kids, especially with Aiden. They're starting to understand him, uh, especially the new teachers, starting to get really understand his behaviors, his, uh, you know, those characteristic skills mm-hmm. that he has of making people smile, but also making people shock because <laughs> of the things that he does sometimes. But he's gotten better. Yeah. Also, his sleep has gotten better. That was like a major issue. Oh yeah, so let's like, update everybody on that. Yeah, yeah. People need to understand our routine, though. Our routine <laughs> is not for the week. <laughs> no, it's just no. Nah, I mean, it it makes you want to cry to think about what we have to do just to keep them healthy. Yeah, yeah. The, on top of our refrigerator, it looks like a far. It just looks like a pharmaceutical. Oh, uh, you know, <laughs> a pharmacy. You just walk in, you're like, wow, there's a lot of vitamins and. Nutrients on here. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, so we have... We, and we don't use it. It's for him. for him. <laughs> we do a lot to keep him healthy. I mean, we have to make sure he drinks enough water. So that's like a job within itself. Oh, yeah. All this starts at 6 a.m. Yeah. It's about 6, 7 a.m., especially when his bus comes at 6.55. So everything starts at 6 a.m. And uh, we get him up. He picks out his own clothes. One, one person's in the kitchen making breakfast. The other's making sure he's getting dressed. And has his clothes ready to go. And it's just ongoing. It's nonstop for those. It's like, a, it's two, it's only an hour. 
Yeah, getting him ready in the morning is only an hour, but... It's an hour, but it's the most intense hour. Everybody's doing something. Yep. (laughs) It's amazing uh, to watch Mm -hmm. because my wife will be in the kitchen, Nina will be in the kitchen making uh, breakfast. I'll be in the bedroom making sure he's getting uh, dressed. Once he's done dressed, you bring him to the, the, the dining room. You have him sit down and wait for breakfast. Breakfast is on the table. Now we're making, putting together his CBD oil, you know, his vitamins with Calvary's <laughs> vitamins, making sure we measure what, eight ounces of water, six to eight ounces of water. So one person's with him at the table, the other person's in the kitchen putting all these things together. And then we line them up, separate his vitamins, <laughs> his, his supplements, and then the water. And the CBD oil, and he has to take all these things within about twenty five minutes. Yeah, it's not. If a, it's crazy, he's eating like three eggs. He's eating a bowl of yogurt with prunes, help the digest system. And then we have all these pills lined up, and he has to finish this within twenty five <laughs> to thirty minutes, so he can get brush his teeth, brush his hair, and get ready for the bus. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. I had to stop one day and just look what we're doing. I'm like, my God, <laughs> this is five days a week. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, yeah, so, I think I think parents should start recording. Like, put a, no, a think, GoPro on well, the heads or something. I remember one time I put a text. I said to all your parents out there that got your kids to school on time, yeah, fed, clean. <laughs> Shout out to you guys. It's not easy. It's, people replied, thank you, I needed that. It's not easy. Some kids, they, they have they're, tantrums every morning. They oh don't want to go. They don't want to do anything. They don't want to eat. They don't want to get it's, up. It's like, it's like Groundhog's Day oh, every yeah. morning. Yeah, but we've been lucky with him. Yeah, we're lucky with him, you know. He just does, he just eats slow, but for the most part, he doesn't really give us a hard time. Yeah, his eating slow is like almost 20, 30 minutes. Now we kind of like force the time stuff. But... What I've noticed about him, if it's something he really likes, he'll eat it, sit there at the table smiling, do his little dance, and he'll eat what if something it is that he likes. And usually that's just scrambled egg with cheese and bacon, sometimes bacon. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's an interesting year so far. I mean, it's only been one month, and wow. Actually, it hasn't been a month. What am I talking about? Yeah. It's only been like three weeks. We're well, already exhausted. We're exhausted from it. So we um, did some changes with Aiden that we're seeing some really positive things. Yeah, we implemented yeah. fish oil. Oh my God! It, yeah, and olive helped. oil. Yeah, that's been helping. It's a lot, a lot of, of fat. Yeah, he Aiden's not really happy with it, but we, it's something we have to do because lately we was experiencing that he was having grand malls like at four o'clock in the morning. And we're like, wow, he would, um, he'll have a problem right before he falls asleep. He'll jerk or twitch as he's trying to get into REM. And he'll be in REM for a while, uh, really until uh, 4 o'clock in the morning, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And suddenly he breaks into a grand mall. So we jump up, and now we're contending with this. After the grand mall, he falls back asleep and s- sleeps for another two hours. And where we, that's where we have to take him to school because he slept for so long because he was exhausted. But we turned and decided, let's try another different oil. Oil, yeah. We had to shop around because for some reason, certain oils, like I said, aren't the same. So we tried another one. We changed our dosaging. Now what? We used to just wake him up at 10, a, uh, 10 p.m. to take his uh, nightly dose. Now we just give it to him at 7 and then wake him up at 10 
because that seemed to carry him over into the morning where he has no grandmas, no seizures, no jerking or twitching before he goes to bed. So it's been great. I think now he has maybe one or two episodes a day. In there, he's doing really well. So, yeah, so don't give up. if You, you got to ch- try different oils. Yeah, you do. Yeah, and, you do. And, and also document, like you said before, you know, document what's going on, log it, and also pay attention to the labels. Yeah, within the oil. Yeah, pay attention to that because one day, you know, in one order, you'll have everything you've seen before. The next batch you get will have a certain ingredient. You're like not thinking about it. That ingredient may have an effect on your child. That's how we found out about a couple of products that had a specific uh, ingredient that triggered Aiden. So, uh, you know, we're not above uh, basically aligning ourselves with any particular brand as long as it works. Exactly. As long as as it works. It's trial trial and error. It's trial and error. Yeah, it was four years. Because your brains are always changing when you're kid yeah, yeah no, so well. that's why sometimes it may work one year and it may, it not, may not yeah but we also that's what i say about the pharmaceutical drugs same thing <laughs> exactly so we also started doing um omega yeah the fish oil the and, best one was a nordic yeah we do yeah we do the, the nordic naturals and then we started implementing olive oil which is interesting another healthy fat yeah uh i'm on the fence with it just want to see what happens but the DHA is just very helpful. Uh, that that omega is very helpful. So there's there's so many things that you gotta research and do. I know one of the things that parents may have with kids is eating. We got lucky. Aiden loves his vegetables. You know he he will sit down and eat the broccoli. He will ask for broccoli or spinach is another one of his favorite. Avocado he has no problem with. Also, kale. He eats kale. He'll eat a salad. I've bought him a large bowl of spinach with all the all the fixings, pretty much tomatoes, uh, celery, and all these other things. And he ate it. I was like surprised, like wow. Yeah. So we got definitely got lucky. So, so that's where we are. I mean, kindergarten is going great. It's intense, but we, we definitely see it was worth it. So if you ever on the fence or embarrassed, you know, there's nothing to really no, not be anymore. ashamed about anymore. But things have changed. Things have changed. It's just because... the benefit of the kid. And you don't want them to be struggling their whole lives because they're always going to be behind. Yeah, might as well tackle it early, give them a fair chance, um, build up some self-confidence, and work with them. So it's it's education hasn't gotten fun as of late. It's been a go 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 go. There was a time where kids loved school, loved going, wanting to learn. Now it's just almost military like information. You gotta uh, keep going, and I think that again that comes from the Common Core. They have to do a lot of catch up with that. So, uh, so yeah. we'll have to. Also, make some time for him to relax and enjoy have the weekends fun. too. Yeah, yeah. So have some fun tomorrow or Saturday. Yeah. But I think that is it for this episode. Yeah. We're doing okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's only been three weeks. <laughs> Check back with us in like November, right before the holidays. Exactly. And see, we're still standing. And we've been house hunting. Yeah, that's another. I don't even want to talk. Oh about my gosh, Raph in New York house that's hunting. A, that's another <laughs> story in itself. Aiden seems to be enjoying it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all the. 
Oh, this could be my room. This is be my room. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, that, 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 again, that's another conversation in itself because there's so much we're learning. Look, we should do an episode on that and keep you posted on all the things that are going things on. Things that are going on. Yeah, we're going to tell them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, and a shout out to Dan Humiston of MJ Bulls. Wishing you a speedy recovery, my friend. Get well soon. Yep, see you soon. Have a good one. Thanks for tuning in. Another episode of Love and Cannabis. I'm Osiris Stephan. And I'm Nina Simmons. Be strong. And stay empowered. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Joyce Gerber, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast, The Canna Mom Show. And we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on this industry as business professionals, healthcare providers, policy advocates, caregivers, moms, by sharing and preserving their stories of love and kindness, wisdom, and hope. I am so grateful to have found my tribe of Canna podcasters right here on PodConnex and look forward to our work of crushing the stigma around cannabis and caregivers and building this new industry together.